Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. And welcome, everybody, to Cats and Cosby. John is off today, and boy, what a busy news day it is. Uh, huge news that in the last few minutes, uh, President Zelensky agreeing to meet with the head of China. This comes on the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And with us in studio, we've got Judge Richard Weinberg. We also have former New York State GOP Chairman Ed Cox and, of course, Former New York Governor David Patterson, uh, Judge Weinberg, amazing that it's been a year. And what do you make of this meeting with Zelensky? I wouldn't trust uh, China as far as I can throw them. They've been carrying the water for, for Russia all along. I think there's no reason why Zelensky should negotiate if he doesn't get his territory back. And Ed Cox. Uh, Putin, this has not been a good year for President Putin. <laughs> he uh, he got a big surprise. The Ukrainians can fight and they want to fight and they're going to. And uh, Gov Patterson. Putin thought he was going to wrap it up in a weekend. Here we are a year and he hasn't been able to do that. But I couldn't agree more with Judge Weinberg that China is playing games. They're acting like they're the big peace arbiter at the U.N. They didn't vote for Russia to remove any of the troops. And um I hope they get what's coming to them. Well, let's find out. Uh, Right now, just a few minutes ago, uh, John talked to Gordon Chang, of course, the great Asia expert. And we've got some breaking news on that. Breaking news. WABC. With us today uh, is Gordon G. Chang. And his Twitter handle is at Gordon G. Chang. uh, And uh, he keeps us informed of what's going on in the Far East. There's been some developments going on in China. Uh, Gordon uh, G. Chang, uh, tell us the developments going on in China. On Friday, um, Beijing announced its peace plan for the Ukraine war. Um, And essentially it was calling for a ceasefire. Um, They said they had 12 points, but essentially it boiled down to things that China had said before. People were anticipating a major initiative um, but really it fell, um, fell quiet because nobody really thought that this was meaningful diplomacy. The other thing that's happening, John, is that while the Biden administration warns China not to supply lethal assistance, we're hearing more and more reports of China, in fact, doing that. So, for instance, the Breaking Defense website reports that almost every day an Antonov AN-124 which is the largest cargo plane in the world, takes off from China's Zhengzhou, central China, uh, with ammunition and other high-consumption-rate items. And these cargo planes, these Russian cargo planes, turn off their transponders as they depart, um, which indicates that both Russia and China um, want to hide their activities. 
Um, but at some point, uh, the administration is going to have to do something. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Friday gave a terrific speech at the U.N. Security Council. Now he's got to match deeds with words. Uh, understood. Uh, so do you think that uh, uh, China is looking for world peace versus world conflict? I think Beijing has a couple of motives. One of them is it wants to see Russia prevail in Ukraine, and that certainly is not peace. Um, But also, I think Beijing is getting increasingly concerned that it can no longer play both sides. And really what it needs to do is to repair relations with Western Europe and also with the United States, because it realizes that uh, if this war drags on for that much longer, um, it will have to definitely choose sides, and it will not be able to placate everybody. Understood. Well, Gordon uh, Chang, thank you for the update, and uh, we'll be talking to you again from time to time. And make sure you text me anytime uh, you you think that uh, you want to report to the WABC listeners. And I, I repeat to the WABC listeners, you can get up to the minute from Gordon Chang by his Twitter handle at Gordon. G. Chang, and thank you so much for calling in today, This, uh, uh, to, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. Wow, great interview. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby as we continue with Judge Richard Weinberg, also Ed Cox, and former New York Governor David Patterson. This is Rita Cosby. We have now General Keith Kellogg, former National Security Advisor to President Trump and also then Vice President Pence. Uh, General Kellogg, uh, that was blockbuster, what we were just hearing from Gordon Chang. But I want to start with the huge news that we're just hearing uh, that Zelensky – uh, of course, the leader of Ukraine is going to be soon meeting with the head of China. What do you make of that? Yeah, Rita. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I do appreciate it. I, that's going to go nowhere. I mean, he's doing that as pure courtesy. We're all agreeing with you, General. <laughs> I mean, you know what? This, if, if you believe that's going to go anywhere, I've got a great bridge in Brooklyn I'm going to sell you. Um, it's not going to happen because, I, you know, when you look at what they've said, it's basically most people will tell you, that the basic tone and the fundamental message of the policy is quite pro-Russian. I mean, there's a lot of things you're saying in there. You know, China's kind of trying to say, well, I'm going to help you out. I'm just wondering, Rita, a little bit on this. Is In the back of Putin's mind, is he kind of saying, well, you know, China, my good buddy, President Xi, can you go talk to him a little bit? And maybe, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that it's just not China driving this. It, it could show some weakness on the part of the Russians that they're getting a little bit beat up. Uh, but this thing's going nowhere, and and, and Zelensky's being a, a statesmanlike and saying he can't he can't just say no, Rita. I mean, if somebody comes in, I don't care if, if you know if it's Namibia, he's going to say yeah, I'll, I'll listen to any peace deal. Governor Patterson, like, you got a question, General? I have a slightly different opinion on this than Gordon Chang did, and I usually agree with a hundred percent of what he says, but. The, the Chinese, particularly President Xi, since 1998 have been talking about world communism, that they eventually want the world to be like them, even more so than Russia has. And I thought the reason that they wanted to come in and be the peacemakers is that they could get everyone to drop their arms. They could continue their militarization and the other activities that they have taken to try to control countries and people and the whole process. Yeah, I, you know, it's a good, it's a good viewpoint, but I just think it's a, it's a non-star. Nobody's going to buy into it. Everybody sees right through this thing. 
And they may want to say that. Uh, Here's what I would say to that comment that you just made, is that this really shows that of the two parties, when you look at the Russia-China relationship, the weak sister is Russia. It's very clear to me. And the one that's trying to drive it is is China. And they're they're the main strategic adversary. That's the reason, by the way, what I've said all along, you know, that, that defeating a strategic adversary like Russia is, in fact, our strategic best interest if the Ukrainians can do it. Because then it allows us to pivot to China. Because the last 25 years, you know, Rita, when you look at what we've done, we focused in on them ever since 9-11. We focused in on the Middle East. We focused in Afghanistan. We couldn't make the major pivot. Then we get involved here in in the issue with Ukraine. And we still made the pivot out there. And all the time, China's laughing. They're beating the heck out of us in trade. And they're building up militarily. And we're just watching the thing go. And we've got to reach a point that you know, we need to treat China as an adversary and set it. They're not a competitor. You know, I think President Biden said they're a competitor. No, France is a competitor. You know, it, you know, China happens to be a strategic adversary, and we need to address that. General, it's uh, Ed Cox here. Uh, this is going to be decided uh, militarily on the ground. Now, the the uh, Russians are sacrificing huge numbers of troops for a few yards on the ground so they can declare a victory in, in Bakhmud. Uh, it hasn't happened. I think this is their offensive. Uh, everyone's waiting for offensive. It looks like this is the offensive. It's not really really working. But then the the issue is it's easy for them to be on the defensive. How effective will the tanks or the leopard, uh, Leopard tanks get there in time? And will they be uh, effective in a counteroffensive? And where do you, what do you think the result might be of that? I, you know, I, I, it's a great question. And what I think is happening is we're slow rolling the Ukrainians. Uh, and I think they will put on offensive. They, they, the Russians are eminently beatable right now because they're on their kind of back foot. But they've got to, we've got to give them all the equipment we can. Like, for example, you know, we're not even giving them the attack on this long-range missile that fits into the HIMARS systems, the MRS system, because, well, we don't want to attack Russia. Well, you're going to attack their supply lines. Where do you think they're at? Or what about you know, the F-16s? You know, what about the F-16s, well, General? Well, when they talk F-16s, I'd still wait. I'm still waiting for the MiG-29s to come from Poland, you know, which are, which are you, aircraft they're used to flying. And if they want to go give them aircraft, it still takes a few months for them to train up on the on the aircraft. You can take your best pilots, but you don't want to take your pilots out of the inventory now. But, but saying that, the Russians are eminently beatable in, if we can help them do it. Otherwise, here's the thing that concerns me, and this is Biden's fact that he has not declared an end state or how to get to an end state. He's talking about bumper stickers, which is as long as it takes, as much as it takes. And that's not a policy. But but if we don't do something in the near term, then what you've got is an endless war because this will drag on and on and on. And you and Ukrainians are not going to quit. You, when I was over in Ukraine, not one person, not a military or civilian leadership said they wanted U.S. troops. They want the equipment. But otherwise, we're going to go in from a, a maneuver war to one of attrition, which is going to be terrible for the Ukrainians. Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and uh, uh, closing the circle quickly is if we give them the equipment that they've asked for, which happens to be the Bradleys, and happen, which we're going to give them, the Bradleys and the M1A tanks and the, the Paladin howitzers, and then we train them in combined arms warfare, they could be unbeatable because the Russians are showing uh, on, they're now on their fifth commander in, in Jerasimov. They are showing they are just not capable of doing that.
Wow. And everybody, we are talking to General Keith Kellogg. He is the former National Security Advisor, I think one of the great military experts out there. We love you, General. We're so thrilled to have you here. Of course, advisor to then President Trump and also Vice President Pence. Uh, Judge Weinberg, you got a question. Yes, General. I wanted to ask you about this latest threat from Russia coming from Medvedev, who said that maybe Russia is now going to have to take a piece of Poland. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's if you if he wants to say that, fine. Then that we're down. We're in World War Three, because I would remind him. Okay, just just so you know, you know that Poland is part of NATO, and there is an Article Five, and an attack on one's attack on all. And if you want to do it, then then we will divide up Russia with the spoils, and we'll make them small provinces of Poland and Czech, you know, Czechoslovakia and Romania and everything else. It's a stupid comment. I mean, it's almost like did you really make that comment when you understand that? that an attack on Poland would be an attack on NATO itself. And, oh, by the way, one of the best fighting units I've seen in Europe in the last probably 10 years is Poland. They will fight, and they will fight well, and they've got the kit to fight well. And uh, and right now, if I was Belarus, I'd kind of say to myself, well, we don't want to go against Poland right now either. And so it's almost like you can't even – you can't even get to, you know, defeat Ukraine. How are you going to defeat Poland? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's almost like you're. It's almost like I'm, these guys ought to, ought to take a urinalysis or a drug test. I don't know what that. <laughs> we love that. Hey, uh, General. You know, my father was a Polish resistance fighter. So, so thank you for the compliment to the Polish fighters, uh, General. Before we let you go, we just have a, about a minute or so left. I want to ask you. You brought up a great comment I saw earlier today, and you basically said. Uh, why doesn't Biden just pick up the phone and call Putin that he has been? Let's talk about his leadership in this and how it sort of dragged it on or his lack thereof. Yeah, presidential leadership matters. It really does. And you saw that with even you can look with Ukrainians. And the reason Ukrainians are fighting so well is because Zelensky early on as a, as a president of his country said, you know, I don't need to ride any ammunition. And they all said, OK, I can fight with this, with this guy. And the president said, we ought to pick up the phone. And call him and say, look, this is and, and really kind of say to Putin, you're going to, you know, you, one way you're going to leave, you're going to leave Ukraine one way or the other. You're going to be forced out or you can negotiate your way out. And I can help you do it. You know, President Trump, God bless him. He would talk to an ice cream vendor. He didn't care who he talked to. And I was on 18 different phone calls when he talked to Putin. I was there when he talked to the uh, uh, who was the uh, then the chief negotiator for the Taliban. And he was blunt with these people. I mean, the, when he talked to Barrader, as an example, with the Taliban, I thought it was being translated. I kept thinking to myself, how is this being translated? Because it was like, holy mackerel. <laughs> and, and he said the same thing with, with Putin. And, and if Biden doesn't pick up the phone, he's not showing leadership. You've got to do two the, the leaders, the two nation leaders of Russia and the United States, who control 90 percent of the nuclear weapons of the world. By God, they ought to be talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. General Keith Kellogg, you are so awesome. We are so thrilled to have you here and you're just an incredible perspective. Thanks for joining us here on Cats and Cosby General. Thanks, Rita. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Really wonderful to have you. And everybody stay with us. We've got a lot of big news coming up on Cats and Cosby. We've got Larry Kudlow to talk about the markets and also Al D'Amato's coming up to talk about how tough it was for him to cross the border. It sounds like it was a lot tougher than the migrants are having across our border. That and a lot more. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And you are listening to Katz and Cosby. What a wild week it has been on Wall Street and elsewhere. And we are continuing our program. John Katzimatidis is off, uh, a well-deserved uh, time off, uh, just briefly. Of course, he's been busy. He's got a, he has his big best-selling book coming up the next book, week. The book releases on Tuesday. I know. And he was on Larry Kudlow yesterday, That's by a, the way. It's a great book. I encourage everybody to read it. It was awesome. And continuing here in studio, as you just heard, the great Judge Richard Wine. Our common sense Democrat, also Ed Cox, former New York State GOP chairman and former New York Governor David Patterson, another common sense Democrat. So we got two ones in the House, which we love. Who wants to know, how do you have a book opening when it's already sold out? Is it, that's it's a good not, sign. You know, the book that's is number true. one on Amazon on the hot list. You know that. It's <laughs> yeah. that hot. It is sizzling hot. Well, joining yeah. us now that's is the guy. That's because it's on Kudlow show. That's, that's why it's sold out. I was about to say. And, and who better than Larry Kudlow himself you joining bet. us now here, of course, the great economist, of course, served as director of the National Economic Council for President Trump, of course, Fox business host and WABC radio host. Larry, we love having you on the show. And, and what did you learn from John yesterday? That was a great interview. Yeah, listen, I had the first interview. It was a great interview. John was great. And he sold out. All right. So there's the magic Cudlow touch. <laughs> yeah, that, got, there it is. Everything Cudlow touches tall, it comes to gold. I lost my head. I should have realized. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Larry, what a wild week. I was just seeing this is like the worst week of the year for Dow, S&P and NASDAQ. Where are we headed with interest rates? What's going on? Yeah, well, yeah, bad inflation numbers today. This is the second round of bad inflation numbers. And... um Rates are going to go up. The Fed is going to have to be much tighter. Uh, they might even have to do 50 basis points uh, in a week wow. or two when they meet in March. Yeah, you know, everybody was sort of celebrating that the inflation was over, but it's not over. And actually, the number today, uh, if you annualize the monthly number, it's over 7%. But the year-on-year number, Rita, is still 6.5%. The Fed's target is 2%. So the market sold off, and uh, we had, again, a whole bunch of lousy numbers this week. It's going to be a very difficult story, and um, I don't like to be too pessimistic about things because I'm a buy-and-hold guy in the stock market, but I can just say interest rates are headed higher. All right, they're going to head higher. I would guess when it's all said and done that the Fed's target rate, Rita, the so-called Fed funds rate, uh, which is now four and three quarters, is going to 6%. And um, that was not in the market. The market's been in denial about this, but it's going to go to 6% before it's all said and done. That's my hunch. 
Wow. Uh, everybody, we're talking to the great Larry Kudlow. You know, the other thing I was looking at today, Larry, was food prices. This is amazing yeah. that um, all food, they said they predict in 2023, this is the USDA's number, uh, telling us it's going to be almost 8% up. Food at home is going to be 8%. Restaurant food, 8%. Uh, they are socking it to us in every direction. These are in addition to what we have now already, Larry. Well, the food prices for the consumer price index which came out a couple weeks ago, and today's number, the so-called personal consumption deflator, uh, they're up 11%, Rita, 11%. And they show no signs of faltering. These are food at home, grocery prices. Now, food in restaurants is pretty high. That's 8% plus. And, you know, food has been very sticky. But the other thing was energy prices jumped up quite a bit. And um, wages are rising at uh, 6% plus, which sounds like a great number. But when you have to deal with a 65 7% inflation rate, you know, working folks, middle-class folks, blue-collar folks, uh, people who live in, for example, Palestine, Ohio, they're losing money. Their take-home pay is going down. They cannot keep up with inflation. This is the soft underbelly of the... Uh, Biden economy, and we have a malaise. We have low growth. I mean, that too came out. Uh, GDP was adjusted downward for last year. Turns out it was less than 1% uh, with 6.5% inflation. And then the question is, uh, for Ed Cox and others, I guess. And Ed is smiling right now. He's got a question. I can see it, Larry. He's chomping here. (laughs) Why aren't the Republican presidential candidates talking about this and offering up common sense solutions. They're not talking, you know, they're talking about age and mental tests and affirmative action. They need to be talking about the need for growth and prosperity. That's what they need to be talking about. And they're not doing it. They're making the same mistake that the congressional people made in the midterms. It's one thing to criticize. But it's more important to have a positive solution. And I'm not hearing them, including my former boss. I hate to say it. So this is very dispiriting. And how about Ed Ed Cox, Larry? How about making the tax cuts permanent? Yes, that's where they should start. They should be cutting taxes and, you know, cutting taxes, making the tax cuts permanent and having a strong uh, dollar currency. The tax cuts will rejuvenate growth. And the strong dollar will end the inflation. And the two work together. And you probably should add to that, put some work requirements you into bet. these uh, entitlement programs. But these are positive, common sense solutions. And I don't know why these candidates, you know, not just the ones that are declared, but the ones that we all know are going to declare. They're not talking about this. You mean all what 20 of them that, uh, <laughs> that are probably lining up, Larry? <laughs> Larry, well, that however, is. I mean, you know, but I mean, uh, you know, Nikki's talking about mental tests, and uh, Trump is out there, and I love the guy dearly, but he's not talking about the economy. DeSantis is not talking about the economy. He's still running against Walt Disney. I mean, come on. They've got to get this. Look, this presidential election will be determined on growth and prosperity or the lack thereof. Larry, I I think it's very... This malaise, 
I call it the Biden malaise, is going to continue, folks. It's going to continue. It's This is not a short-term thing. It's going to go on for several more years. Larry, uh, I think it's very sage advice for all of these candidates. And actually, it, it just makes me remember that we should always know that great movements don't begin because of injustice. They begin because of hope. And none of these candidates is really talking about the hope or the vision that could change the economy to places that it was long ago, as opposed to what we're doing now. And that's what they should really work on. And that's from a, a Democrat, Gov Patterson. Well, look, David Patterson's a good man, and he's a common sense guy. The point is, you need some optimism. Governor's correct. You need some optimism. You know, Kellyanne was on with me today, and we were going back to the great New York Economics Club speech that Trump gave in September 2016, which really was pivotal in his victory in November. We need that kind of can-do, optimistic plan. That's what was lacking from all these candidates right now, okay? Uh, I can't speak for the Democrats, but I can speak for the Republicans because I've been in and out of those politics for 40-plus years. They must have a positive message. They have to think about what Ronald Reagan did in 1980. He had a a plan, and he had a positive message, and he was optimistic. Uh, Criticizing Biden is too easy, for heaven's sakes. What are you going to do to replace him? That's the question. And they're not doing it yet. Great advice uh, from the great economist, Larry Kudlow. We love you. Thank you for being here, Larry. Thanks, Rita. All right, Rita. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And everybody stay with us here on Cats and Cosby. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Melissa DeRosa, what she thinks of Biden and Buttigieg, sort of MIA in Ohio. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. WABC Traffic and Transit. GWB inbound, upper okay, lower okay, outbound, heavy. Lincoln inbound, 15 to 20, outbound, 15 to 20. Holland inbound, 20 to 30 minutes for the turnpike, 20 to 30 from 1 to 9, and outbound, 15 to 20 minute delays, lower east crossings, uh, no major problems at this time. Also, no major delays on the rails of the subways. Alton side, parking rules in effect for today. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC Traffic and Transit update. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. We are continuing here in studio. John is off today. And we have Judge Richard Weinberg and also Ed Cox and former New York Governor David Patterson. And boy, uh, everyone is talking about Pete Buttigieg and his lackluster visit to Ohio, which came three weeks too late. President Biden, by the way, is in Delaware. He's back from Ukraine. He's not there in Ohio. Uh, joining us to talk about this and a whole bunch more 
is Melissa DeRosa. Of course, she was a former deputy chief of staff to New York attorney general and secretary to Governor Cuomo. Melissa, we love having you on. Um, and I got to get your take of how this has been handled. Uh, I mean, it's really been amazing. You know, Rita, you're exactly right. And congratulations, by the way, on the show. It's, it's great to have you on full time. Thank you, Melissa. Um, so I'm the lucky one to be with John and the boys. I love it. I love it. They're a fun crew, that's for sure. Um, no, you know, I think that you, you sort of nailed it at the top. You know, it, it's been a little bit of a debacle here. It's been three weeks since the, the train derailment occurred. It, it's obviously a major crisis governmentally. Uh, speaking in terms of the local ramifications potentially for the health and safety of the 5,000 people who live in the town. And then, you know, politically, I think that this was completely botched. You're in Ohio, which is a major swing state, just a few miles away from Pennsylvania, another major swing state. And, you know, there's been a tremendous amount of attention, rightly, I think, given the possible fallout for this train derailment. And the Biden administration has been absent. And then, of course, sort of into the void steps Donald Trump, who I think, you know, a lot of Democrats have sort of written off and think could be the greatest thing to happen in the next presidential election for uh, Joe Biden, if Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee. And I think a lot of Republicans um, and I would I would, you know, defer to the chairman, but I think a lot of Republicans um, and sort of the Republican industrial complex, media complex are, are sort of trying to shoo Trump off the stage. But into the void steps Donald Trump. And, and he got a rousing applause, Melissa, too. I mean, he yeah, was like no, treated like no. a hero when he came there. There's no, no way you can shoo Donald Trump off the stage. Yeah, I was going to say, is that possible, Ed Cox? <laughs> no, that's, no, that's sure. not. And, and I think that he sort of nailed the politics on this one. You know, there there was an absence from President Biden. You know, Secretary Buttigieg was nowhere to be found. And, and you know, I think that Pete Buttigieg has done a pretty good job so far in that role. But he, you know, you, you can't sugarcoat this one. He botched it. Wait, and- Melissa, I got to ask you. you re- Judge is going, Whoa. wait a minute, Judge Weinberg, go ahead. Whoa. Melissa, did you happen to see the Wall Street Journal point by point rebuttal to Buttigieg's, all the all the arguments that Buttigieg's made that it was somebody else's fault, it all comes back. It was all fabrications. It was all nonsense. It was all unsubstantiated. It had nothing well, to do don't, with Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying I, – I mean he's been doing a good job as secretary in general. I think in this situation, he, he botched it. I mean there's, there's no two ways around it. So, Melissa, um, it's uh, David Patterson. What – in the very beginning, apparently Governor DeWine did not – respond quickly to say whether or not he thought he was going to need further help. The time to step in was exactly then. Because That's exactly right. Because that's exactly right. And you don't wait. You know, you don't wait to be asked. At least that's the way that I was taught in terms of government management 101. You do not wait for the locals to ask. This was a major, you know, disaster. It, you know, you're talking about potential toxins, potential health impacts. You know, we all know we're all New Yorkers. We remember post 9-11. Initially, they said the air is probably okay. We don't know if it's okay. We now know 20 years later, people suffer. They have cancer. There have been all kinds of ailments. This was a situation for the federal government to step in, the Democrats to show some leadership. You know, I if I had been advising President Biden, I would have said, you go. And, you know, not only did he not go, but the transportation secretary didn't go. And so I sort of think, regardless of what DeWine did or didn't do, they should not have been taking their cues from the locals on the ground. They should have gone in themselves. Absolutely. And Melissa, you know, it's amazing. It just came out a little bit ago that they estimate more than 43 
thousand animals have died in and around East Palestine uh, in the roughly three weeks. And basically, you know, they're still boiling water in Flint, Michigan. They had the problem years ago. This is going to last a long time. And and just like you said, the fact the president hasn't gone, um, it really, it, I think this looks terrible. And I think this is also terrible for Buttigieg. Didn't they, didn't they go after uh, President Bush when he failed to go to, in a timely manner? Yeah, remember, it was a few days Orleans, after, right, after Katrina. Right. Oh, that, no, yeah, that, that, that epic, and the interesting that, thing is that President, President Bush actually... Uh, apologize for that years later. Yeah, you did a heck yeah. of a job, Brownie. Remember, that was the whole thing. So like that. Let me suggest a reason you remember, for it. It was, it was even worse than that because there was that epic photograph of him flying over. And it was that terrible sort of what you were communicating to the public was the disconnect between the president and the people who were suffering on the ground. And so, no, I, I agree. This was this was a mistake. There's just there's no way to sugarcoat it. So, Melissa Edcox, you you had a top, the top job job under a governor. Uh, could this have been you understand there's a let's say you were moving out of there. Another person's moving in. Ron Klein's moving out of the chief of staff. Is that what could have caused this, the confusion that there wasn't a person there to really take care of the politics of this for the president? You know, it's possible, Chairman, but I don't think so. I think that, you know, there's plenty of other really well-qualified, politically savvy people in the White House. I think that just because you're sort of in a moment of transition, this is not the kind of thing you blow. So, you know, I understand, look, the president has a lot on his plate, thinks he was just in a really important trip to Ukraine. Obviously, they're getting ready to do a lot of important things on the Hill. But, you know, this was one that it should have been addressed. And I think for the people of Ohio who are understandably very afraid. And I think it sort of sends a message in terms of your priorities nationally when you don't sort of step in and grab the bull by the horns on something like this. Wow. Well, Melissa, we are thrilled to have you on. The perfect person to talk about this. Uh, love having you on and thank you for the nice words and have a great weekend, Melissa DeRosa. Great to be on, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. We loved having you on. And by the way, you know, people, there you go. Do you recognize that? Because it looks like, uh, keepers. Time for Burt Flickinger. Yeah, and shopkeepers are going to be hearing that a lot more often. And what does Burt Flickinger dogs and shopkeepers have in common? Well, joining us now, Judge N. Ed Cox and Governor David Patterson is the great Burt Flickinger, great consumer expert. He's also the managing director and strategic partner there of resource of strategic resource group uh one of the best uh consumer consultants out there and bert we are having you on because let's let's play a little bit more doggy we love the dog sound we all love dogs and now you have something that basically dogs are going to be maybe the saving grace for the last merchants. best hope the last best hope of retail is that correct bert that's correct, Judge. And uh, from from my experience, it's the anniversary of Big Gene Bentz, the pride of uh, Columbia and the Maccabiah Games. Uh, he and I <laughs> saving a, a, a baby and a mother in armed robbery at the consumer food outlet in the Fort Apache precinct area of the South Bronx. And crime's gotten progressively worse. And the good thing, to your point, Rita and Judge, about uh, the canine and the, the German shepherds that are chained trained in the Czech Republic and, and uh, Slovakia is uh, they can cover the same amount of ground as four to five security officers. It's a visible deterrent. They can reduce crime by about 80 percent. They can smell gunpowder. And when crooks see them, uh, they go the other way and they don't commit the crime. So you don't have the danger of a crime being committed later on. 
and potential uh, gunfire and innocent people getting caught in the, the uh, proverbial crossfire. So it's a great initiative uh, reported uh, by uh, Carl Campanile and uh, Craig McCarthy of Dow Jones News Services and, and the New York Post. And uh, with cr- crime um, up 100 percent in New York City in the retail areas and 80 percent in the central district of, of uh, San Francisco, crimes pervasive across the country. And this is the most uh, uh, cost effective, efficient and constructive. So, so Bert, Bert, Ed, Ed Cox here. There are a lot of retail stores here in New York City, San Francisco. How do you get all those dogs, trained dogs, to cover them? That's a lot of dogs. That's a lot of dogs. <laughs> uh, they, they, that's, a, that's a good point, Judge. Uh, but uh, we did it uh, in Iraq, Afghanistan. There are a lot of dogs uh, rotating out of military service. And uh, trained uh, law enforcement people like uh, Tom Ward, the VP of security uh, for the 34th Street Partnership, which covers Macy's uh, and Herald Square, uh, the dogs are available. There's a great company, Canine X Factor, uh, with trained dogs. But you're raising a good point, Ed, because of all the uh, trained German shepherds for security, only one out of ten passes all the high-level tests uh, for security and retail. Why, why is that? It's just tough to train them, or they 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 need to really uh, go go after the guys who are stealing everything these days. Uh, the latter, Rita, and it's. It's really you you want dogs uh, that'll catch the bad guys and at the same time uh, won't bite the kids. And that's the dogs with the highest level of intelligence, the best speed uh, and strength. And uh, once uh, the uh, the criminal criminals uh, will decide not to commit crime rather than uh, the criminal risk uh, having a bite taking out of out of. Uh, him or her, uh, if, if uh, he or she does commit a uh, heinous retail crime. And let the word go forth, Bert, that dogs under under local laws and state laws are allowed to intercede when a criminal acts are going on. So the law is very, very clear. That's an exemption to the dog bite rules. Perfect point, Judge. And, and to your point, it's that, and it's a great psychological and visual deterrent. All right. Well, Bert Flickinger, what a fascinating report. We always love having you on, the great consumer expert. Bert, thank you. Have a great weekend. And there they are. They're gearing up. They're ready to go to the stores. You hear them there, Bert? They're ready. Thank you, my friend. Uh, safety first, everybody. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. And by the way, everybody, don't touch that dial. Coming up, we got Al D'Amato, and we are going to talk about that crazy, giddy grand juror in Georgia. And we're also going to talk about the fact he had more trouble, Al D'Amato, crossing the U.S. border than the illegal migrants. Find out about it when we come back. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. By the way, big headline, uh, that New York City hospital spending, get this, 90 million bucks to house migrants in Midtown hotels, operating as sort of humanitarian and response relief centers. Uh, is this America first or America last? Well, joining us now with, of course, Judge Weinberg, Ed Cox, and former New York Governor David Patterson. We got the great former New York Senator Al D'Amato. And Al, I understand you had a tougher time crossing into the United States 
than the illegal migrants. Tell us about your journey. Where You were in Canada? I was in Canada with uh, my wife, our two children, uh, my mother-in-law, and she lives in Seattle. Well, we flew into uh, Canada, went up to Whistler Mountain. It's a famous skiing resort. I did not ski, but I watched my wife and my two children uh, ski. It was fabulous. And coming back last night was mind-boggling. We were held up for an hour and a half. That's what it took New Yorkers, mostly New Yorkers, coming back from Canada to get through. Um, um, It it was just a mind-boggling episode. One car after another. Uh, it, 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 it took forever. And, and I think about the tens of thousands, uh, thousands in a day crossing over, uh, many of them un- uh, not interdicted, but many of them get away. <clears throat> and those who are interdicted, uh, you just talked about it on your program finding themselves being settled throughout the country at a tremendous cost of billions of dollars. Uh, That's what it costs the states throughout this country. It's going to cost New York over a billion dollars this year um, to take care of them and put them in hotels. Yeah, it's incredible. And and then (laughs) when they're, told single men, not not women with kids, but single men that know you have to go to a shelter and they give them a, a bed and they give them food. No, that's not good enough. I want to be in a hotel. This is ridiculous. Now, I must say this. You forgot about the room service, too, Senator, too. And the cell phone. Uh, Don't forget the yeah, cell the phone. free cell phone, too. Uh, <laughs> look, <clears throat> what is going on is disgraceful. And yes, we are a country that welcomes immigrants who are in need. But we should have a process, an orderly process. We want to take in a million a year, a million and a half a year, see to it that they have sponsors, uh, that they just aren't put in, shoved into whatever place, etc. That's ridiculous. And, and, and I, I must say that uh, Biden, I think, because... He will be running for re-election, and I'd like to hear what our former governor uh, says. But it seems to me his speech, by the way, uh, Republicans are very critical, was aimed at getting Democratic support, and he did. He's going to run. And so it was a good speech for him politically. Now, number two, he is putting forth the program. That's just what we hear. It will be which calls for restraints with respect to the process now taking place, which is no process, which is basically um, catch and release and and goodbye, uh, except the taxpayers have to pick up the bill. Um, And he is going to get tremendous opposition from the left wing, of his party. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to say, Senator, because you're right. Like AOC and all these people are saying, oh, no, no, no. Uh, you can't even try to like protect our borders. The gov's got a question for you. Well, no, I was just going to say, Senator, I think the reason 
that he can get away with that is I don't see the party. I don't see a candidate from the party like a Bernie Sanders type able to yeah. run against him. And that way he doesn't lose any votes in the general election, even you if he dismayed some people. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, so then he can say here he is fighting to try to create a better situation. Uh, where are these ultra left? Where's the left going to go? Huh? They're not going to go for a Republican. And, and, and so consequently, he has set about this plan where he now is going to be fighting to see to it that there are reasonable restraints. And if the West left wing precludes that from passing, and by the way, they may, they may be able to. I'm not sure, but at, at least he changes his image quite a bit. It's a it's a piece of good political strategy on his part. But he has done a, a terrible disservice to this country by allowing an open border policy to exist. Oh, yeah. And the we millions. are all suffering. All of us. Absolutely. Uh, Senator Al D'Amato uh, and and the millions upon millions. And everybody wonders, is he even going to enforce it? I mean, because look what, what's already happened and look what you went through. Uh, look how tough it was for someone to legally go through. And it, oh. you should have snuck through the southern border. Hey, before we let you go, uh, Senator, I want to make sure we switch to another topic because this is another wild story. And we can't wait to get your reaction on this. Uh, President Trump just came out a little bit ago called the Georgia grand jury a kangaroo court after the forewoman who was i don't know if you have you seen her this is an unbelievable this woman's a forewoman she's giddy she's laughing uh she's going on a media tour saying god it would have been so cool to get you know president trump under oath and i can't really talk about who's going to be indicted potentially but, but, but so somebody really, should be yeah. yeah she's right on the it's a judge weinberg senator She's right yeah. on the edge of violating her oath of office about the confidentiality of the grand jury process. And everybody and says she's she thrown out. And every, and it causes real questions about whether this trial will now, whoever's indicted, if there's indictments, whether there's due process afforded, whether there's a tainted jury pool. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think the whole uh, procedure is, is a lot of political nonsense. And, and, um, you, you know, the fact is, that, that the biggest culprit in, in this whole thing um, and is Trump himself by continuing the falsehoods of saying that the election was stolen. The election was blown. He blew the election. He could have won that election with no trouble. But he and a bunch of goons that he hired who went to the Ukraine, they created a situation where the Democrats turned that around and said, he was attempting to fix the election. All they had to do is take Biden when he was vice president bragging, bragging, and it's on film before the New York Council, where he was talking, <clears throat> not the city council, but the, the, the one that... Council on Foreign Affairs. Council on Foreign Affairs. And he's bragging uh, about how he blackmailed, basically, and said to the then uh, uh, president, um, of the Ukraine, listen, you got six hours. If you don't fire the prosecutor who was going after the company that um, uh, his son was on the board of, within six hours, I'm leaving and I'm taking the billion dollars that I was going to give you. And then he starts laughing. 
<laughs> well, but, 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 Senator, we're talking about the crazy laughing of this juror. I mean, this, this is, this is actually the forewoman, Ed Cox. I mean, that's what's so wild. What are your thoughts, Ed Cox? Yeah. Okay. There's supposed to be uh, secrecy with a grand jury, right, uh, Senator? And it was, that yeah. just wasn't she there. The whole procedure, it, it'll wind up getting nothing with nothing. And, and they're not going to convict anybody of anything. And, and if they hand down uh, an indictment, it'll take forever. The prosecutor will be appealed, probably go up, uh, particularly with this woman, uh, doing what you uh, indicated that she did. Uh, the the forewoman of the or the foreman of of the jury, forewoman of the jury, um, they will throw out any indictment. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Senator Aldamato, we love you. Have a great week and great to have you here, Senator. Great to be with you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Boy, uh, I can't wait to watch Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh, hopefully they do the poor woman. <laughs> That'll be lots of material. And everybody, what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American, American way. way. <laughs>